This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 188 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name's Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Steve. Diane? Steve's here. Who was that? I think Steve is here. Who? That's so exciting. I haven't talked to him in a while, so... This is such a treat. I haven't seen you in a while. Exactly. Yeah. Something like that. So episode 188 is a very special episode to me. Do you know why? Because you like the number eight and there's two of them in this episode? Well, something like that because 88 is my birth year. Really? Oh. Yeah, that's, that's how fast you have to drive in the DeLorean to go back in time. 88 miles per hour. 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> Taylor Talk, talking about things other than Taylor Swift, like Back to the Future. <laughs> so, Steve, we actually uh, got an email quite a while ago to see if it, someone named Isabella could stump you. And Uh-oh. you haven't been here, so I haven't been able to try and stump you. But we saved it for you. We saved nice. it. That's how we, you know, that's how I'm, we do. I'm ready to be stumped. All right, let's see if Isabella can stump you. What was the song? That Taylor sung in the Hannah Montana movie. Oh. I actually didn't know this one. Five. Four. I told you he wouldn't know this one. Three. Two. I'm not going to remember it, unfortunately. What? Yeah. Isabella stumped you. The correct answer is crazier. Yeah. That's the one. I love that song. I actually have that song somewhere too because I had started purchasing like all the songs that she was doing in movies and such. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that was a "Today Is a Fairy Tale" song. Yeah, that was in Valentine's Day. Yeah, see, that would be a darn it. That would have been you would have known that one. Yeah. The reason <laughs> that I remember that Crazier was in the because the Miley Hannah Cyrus Montana is crazy er than Taylor. No, that's actually not <laughs> but why. But that's true, too. <laughs> that's also true. Because when I play that song on my phone, it's a picture of, of Miley oh, yeah. as opposed to Taylor. Because so, it's off the soundtrack. Yeah, so I'm always like, why is Miley Cyrus here? Oh, yeah. Like, I have to the, the song that it. was stuck in my head when I was trying to think of the answer was The Climb. Was that not the song that Miley did, right? That's a, that's yes. a Miley song. Right, from that same movie, though. Is that from that movie? I mean, I'm pretty maybe. sure it was. I think so. I don't know I about the movie. I, I only know confused. about Taylor. I just couldn't think. I was like, it starts with a C, but it's not the climb. I think it's Darn the it. climb. I think I think that was in the movie. See? I only ever saw. I, the movie I stumped once. you guys. How did how did I turn this question um, because around? Because it's about Miley, not Taylor. See? This is true, but good luck. Good, good question us on there, Taylor. Yeah. Thank you, Isabella. <laughs> Thank you, Isabella. You know, I bet you would get a lot more stump the host questions if we offered free T-shirts for anyone that stumped a host. But we're not doing that. No, I'm not actually (laughs) offering because we don't have free T-shirts to give. (laughs) I was was getting excited. Do I qualify for a free T-shirt? No. No. No, you don't. But anyway, if anybody does want to try to stump one of our hosts here, remember, guys, you can email any of us individually to our first name, so Adam, Diane, or Steve, at taylortalk.org. That way, the other hosts are not going to see the answer before they get a chance to stump one another. So if you email Steve a question to try and stump me or email Diana a question to try and stump Steve or me to stump either of them, you know, just shoot us a little little something-something. 
little email. But I do want to add, please, please, please include your source because there is a lot of information floating around the internet that is not so credible. Yes, sometimes not everything you read online is true. (laughs) PSA of the day, public (laughs) service announcement. So please, if you are going to email us a stump the host question, make sure to include your source. That is all. This week, guys, we are very excited to chat with you about a song Taylor wrote that you probably already know the title to because it's in the title of this episode. But it's a song (laughs) about appreciating a past relationship as she's reflecting back on it. And that song is, drum roll please, why am I giving myself the drum roll? I don't know, but I'm waiting for you to reveal it. Holy ground! Yay! Yay! So, does anyone want to summarize it more in depth as a whole song? Well, why don't you read the quote uh, from Taylor? What, what, she what Taylor said. said. What that's Taylor what said. Taylor said. Because that's the most accurate description. Yeah, but what Taylor says doesn't leave it open for interpretation, because then she's just telling us what she meant. But isn't that the right answer? <laughs> yeah. Steve, there are no right answers when interpreting literature. Yes, but if the author says it, it must be true. No! No! Harry Potter did end up with Hermione. Stop. You're delusional. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Anyway, so Taylor says, the song Holy Ground is about a song that I wrote about a feeling I got after years had gone by And I finally appreciated the past relationship for what it was rather than being bitter about what it didn't end up being. And I was sitting and I was sitting there thinking about it after I had just seen him. And I was like, you know what? That was good. It it was good having that in my life. That's so fascinating to me. And it's so mature of her to I mean, because. I mean, can we say who it was? Do we want to? That part's irrelevant. Yeah. Um, I think what's important about her quote and why it was necessary to really bring that out, even though I was kind of giving you a hard time about it, is um, because it shows a certain progression in a storyline. Because when we're looking at Taylor's songs, both as, as individual songs and as an entire catalog of songs, we're looking at more or less a story of her life. And mm. like any story, it has a certain progression And in this case, if you look at Forever and Always versus Last Kiss versus Holy Ground, it shows progression in the story because Forever and Always, you have sort of that bitter angriness. And I am going on the assumption, just to make it clear, that those are all about the same person, which I personally believe they are. Right. The three songs. That is a commonly held opinion that they are all about Joe Jonas. You did it anyway. People, you went there anyway. No, it's okay. She went there anyway, Steve. Wow. It's, it's not this huge secret. It's a Diane. Stop it. Well, then why would you pick those three songs as them being about the same person? Because I'm not- showing the progression in the storyline. It has nothing to do with the individual. It has to do with the recent breakup, forever and always, where you got the bitter, angry feeling. Okay. Last kiss, where you're looking back and you're very sad, and then holy ground, where all of a sudden. You're appreciative of it. It's very much to me. Holy ground is that song that says, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. You've heard that quote. I have heard that. quote. Okay. So quote. that's that's what it is to me. And I think it was just important to point out that progression, because now I guess you were probably saying something before when I interrupted you about something. What were you saying? I was just going to say um, exactly what you said about how 
mature it is for her to write a song where she is appreciative of a relationship that she had with an ex um, even though it may not have been what she wanted it to be it was still good for for what it was um which is just very mature you know and I think it's nice that she wrote this song because it kind of closes the chapter on that part in her life gives a little finish chapter closing yeah Steve do you have anything to add or are you just listening in right now (laughs) wait a I guess this is Taylor talk, right? Not so much Taylor listen. Well, I mean, if you want to listen, that's you're more than welcome to. Because we definitely have a lot more to say about the song where you can jump in. We can't in. talk uh-huh. if we don't listen to each other. Oh. Mm-hmm. Listening yeah, is very important. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> did you have something to add? I just felt like we were done. Like, I, ju- I didn't want to cut you off as well. No, 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 no. I'm good. Okay. okay. So... I, I think, Diane, with the maturity aspect, there's a lot of examples throughout the song that show a growth in Taylor as a person and as a writer that we can get to if we jump into the lyrics. So before we do that, does anyone have anything on the song as a whole? Are we good to go into lyrics? Let's do lyrics. Yay, lyrics. All righty. So it opens up. I was reminiscing just the other day while having coffee all alone and Lord, it took me away. I think it's really important to look at Taylor's specific word choice in the first first line, specifically one word, reminiscing, because I think that word sets the tone for the entire song, mm-hmm. where we were talking earlier about the tones in Forever and Always versus Last Kiss being different, where this is appreciating. When you look at the word reminiscing, like how does that make you feel? It positive, almost... I guess appreciative of the past or just looking at the past fondly. Right? Yeah, it's it's like a fond feeling. That's a good idea. Fond memory. Um sort of uh what's the word I was getting at it reminiscent, it's nostalgic. Yeah. Feeling of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. There's the word I was looking for. But I don't know if it's really nostalgic though, because nostalgic would imply that like you miss the past and past and you want it back or you want to go back to that place where things were Wait. a certain way. And I don't know Wait. if that's... the song is called Holy Ground. It is talking about a specific place right there where we stood was Holy Ground. Right. But so I how is that not nostalgic? You could be nostalgic, not necessarily for this exact relationship, but for the feeling it gave her. Yeah, but I don't think that's the point of the song. I think the point of the song is to appreciate that that happened Whereas nostalgia would be more, I wish I could have that again. Well, either way, whichever interpretation, mm. um, using reminiscing, that actual word choice, is different than saying, I was, thinking, I was thinking the other day. I was remembering the other day. Like, reminiscing provides just sort of certain... It definitely carries more weight than um, a word like thinking or remembering. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's a great uh, Little River Band song. What did you say? Sorry. Little River Band. What, what's River Band? What do you mean? Little River Band. The song Educate Reminiscing. Me. They have a it's song like called a, Reminiscing. It's a very big hit. I've never From, heard of it or the yeah. band. You know, it really? could be one of those songs that you don't know it, but if you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah. Like uh, 1978. That was before your time. It's before my time, too. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reminiscing, you know? It's a good Clever. song. Not much is before Steve's time. Oh my god. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We've gotten complaints about that. I know I have. Did you know that, Steve? I've gotten complaints in your defense. 
Really? I yeah. have. People are like, stop picking on Steve for being old. Some of us are old, too. And I'm like, that's not what I mean. <laughs> Oh, I just like to throw things out there that, you know, you guys may not be familiar with. Yeah, just a tidbit. Like a song called Reminiscing by, like, a rubber Little band. River band. Little, Little River Little, Band. Little River Band. See, Adam, <laughs> this is why it's important to listen instead of just talk. But no, we'll, no. Put it, we'll put it in the show <laughs> notes, and that'll make it so he can check it out later. Yeah. <laughs> Diane, remember to put that in the show I, notes. I will, I will. <laughs> People actually read those now, Steve. Did know. you know since we've made really? such a big stink about pe- nobody reading them? And they always like, tell me that they do, and it's really nice. People wow. are leaving comments. They're like, I read these. I do. That's awesome. Yeah. It is. It is. So now that we're, like, terribly off topic. Reminiscing. <laughs> Just today. Really... Well. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> so reminiscing. We have our tone now. Uh, <laughs> You know, then she says it, you know, that whatever the memory is, it took her away. So we know it's a good memory based on those. So back to a first glance feeling on New York time. What's New York time? Anyone? Is that she talking about the time zone or is she talking about that fat, fast paced city environment is. I looked that up before we recorded because I was yeah, I was trying to figure out like, is this a phrase that people use and. I couldn't really find anything, so I, I guess it could just be what you think it means. Steve, do you, do you know? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I just feel that it kind of is that sort of fast-paced feeling that you get. Like that was one thing. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was in Chicago. That was one of the reasons I didn't record our last episode. And um, the thing that's interesting is Chicago is a pretty large city, mm-hmm. so I was kind of prepared for an experience similar to what New York City was. You know. As soon as the no, Chicago's a million times better. It's different. I'm not. A, I'm not gonna say that I like Chicago over New York, but I was ready for the fast pace, and mm-hmm. it's it's a Midwest town, city. You know, it's it actually goes at a slower pace there than I expected. Yeah, so it's not New York. It's definitely it's not, not. It's not on New York time, if you will. Clever. So your thought then is that new york time is referring to the fast-paced environment and the way people live their lives there well that would actually make sense because um on the actual track of this song like the the way that taylor sings these lines are really fast and when i first heard the song i was like wait what did she just say because she says these lyrics so fast so maybe that's to Mm -hmm. um, and also note the word before that the the first glance feeling yeah, it's a glance. It's not like they're staring at each other or that kind of thing. It's like you see someone just boom. Mm-hmm. And I guess by that token, Steve, first glance could also be referring to the beginning of the experience, the experience being the relationship in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beginning always has that very excited feeling to it, which is, you know. Well, yeah, it, and it kind of sometimes comes out of nowhere, like, you know, you're just minding your own business, and then boom, all of a sudden your entire world changes just like that. Now, how about the New York reference, too, before Taylor became, like, the New York person? But she's been there before. Well, of course she's been there before. Foreshadowing. But it could have been. I uh, mean, unless, she could unless, have already been planning her move right? by that point. So, next line, back when you fit my poems like a perfect rhyme. I love this line because it just kind of shows how in sync they were when they were together. Like 
they just fit together perfectly. They meshed. Yeah, they meshed. That, that's interesting. You point that out. That's a really clever way of saying it. I, I was trying to think to myself until you said that. Like, I, I love that fit my poems like a perfect rhyme. Just the way, I don't know. There was just something I really liked about it, but couldn't pinpoint what it meant and what its significance was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until you said that. But yeah, it, it's like it fit. And not only is it about fitting in sync, but fitting to the way Taylor sort of runs her own life. Yeah, because she says my poems. Yeah. And not to mention this is also written after the fact. And and she did, in fact, write various songs about this particular relationship before. So that's kind of neat. but, But is it even that or is it just something basic like conversation? What do you mean? Well, I'm thinking that Fit My Poems is, you know, whatever she's saying that they're communicating, like, on the same level. Yeah. Like, finish finish each other's sentences type thing? Just like you did, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's because, Steve, you fit my poems like a perfect rhyme. Oh, adorable. Hashtag bromance. (laughs) (laughs) Bromance is back, people. It's back on the air. (laughs) (laughs) all right next part of the song goes took off faster than a green light go uh yeah you skip the conversation when you already know i left a note on the door with a joke we'd made and that was the first day i think that ties into the new york time thing that very fast paced i mean obviously she says the word faster Mm -hmm. um faster than a green light go but I, i think it definitely reinforces the idea that the first glance was the beginning of the relationship because she says that was the first day. She's talking about it taking off. Yeah. Um, um, so it was almost just like they felt in sync when they first met. And it's like, oh, suddenly we're together. This is good. Boom. And that was the boom. Yeah. And that was just like the first day they met. Love at first sight. Yeah. And something I love about Taylor's music and just literature in general is that you can kind of interpret things and things bring different visuals to your own mind Mm -hmm. because everyone's got a different mind. For some reason, maybe it's just because I'm reading it and I see them together, but saying you skip the conversation and then she says faster than a green light go, green and conversation right next to each other, for some reason, for me, I picture a Corvette at a stoplight taking off in a race. I think that's just who you are. No, because the word conversation, Steve, it just sort of, I don't know, the C-C-O, I I don't know, it could be, it's totally whack, like it has nothing to do with how Taylor wrote the song or anything like that, it's just something that comes to mind for me. Just your brain. It's my brain working in mysterious ways, which happens from time to time. Who knows how my mind works? I haven't figured it out yet. Nobody has. (laughs) Thanks. Diane. Rude. Okay, go to the next part of the song. The next part. And darling, it was looking good. No, that's not what she says. It was good, never looking down. Why did I copy and paste something that doesn't isn't the same? Um Darling, it was good, never looking down. What are you talking about? Yeah, I that's was reading was... it right. You threw me off. Oh. I was totally reading it right. You said it was looking good. Did I say, Steve, did I say that? Uh, we, we would have to record the, the 
<laughs> go back. Rewind the what? recording. Steve doesn't yes. remember. We would Whatever. have to reminisce about what you said. I don't know. Okay, either way, reading is hard because <laughs> I see the whole paragraph in front of me, <laughs> and I see every word, and whether I jumble words or not is irrelevant. I read the right words. They just may not have been in the right order. <laughs> oh. So, darling, it was good. Never looking down. And right there where we stood was holy ground. Mm-hmm. Um, as simple as this section is, I feel like there's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. So right from the beginning, never looking down, I thought was an interesting way of saying something is looking up. You know, like when something seems positive, it's looking up. Yeah. Like this episode is looking up now that I learned to read. Yay. <laughs> um, but... Are you sure it doesn't mean the other thing? Like. Never looking down as in how many times have you run across that where it's like, whatever you do, don't look down. That's what I get out of it. Okay. Um, yeah, that works too. Another because it seems like everything is good. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of rolling with it. And all those little faults and that kind of stuff that people find early in the relationship and everything like that, you're not paying attention to any of that stuff. Perhaps it's like that movie that um, Diane. What's that guy you're in love with? Um, which one? Which one? <laughs> um, how, how, the how guy Joseph are Gordon there? Levitt. Joseph Gordon that, yeah. Levitt. Yes, yes. Oh. He has a new movie coming out where he is a uh, a tightrope walker that wants to. This takes place in the past before the uh, the, the World Trade Center. World Trade Center was you know before that whole thing happened, uh, where he wants to walk across a tightrope between the two towers, oh. never looking down. Is that the name of the movie? No, I have no idea what the movie's called. I don't know what the movie's called, yeah. It just looked like the least creative movie I've ever in my life seen. My palms were having, like, I was like, because, I don't know, like, it. I I don't like heights. I was freaking out while I was watching the trailer. Diane, it's not a movie review right now. Oh, sorry. It's a song right now. I thought it was. (laughs) It is what it is, but. um, (laughs) Diane, did you have any thoughts on that line? It was a good never looking down. I mean, I think what's sort of important when you listen to this song is this is Taylor's perspective on what she thought this this relationship was like. We don't know what this guy thought about it. So she thought it was good never looking down where she sort of felt like this is perfect we're in sync this is going to be amazing and so she just never ever thought that anything bad was going to happen she just sort of assumed like oh this is really good obviously we're going to be together forever there was no need to look down yeah gotcha so the end of that little section there holy ground there's there's the song title right right there where we stood was holy ground i think it's really important to look at this the use of the word holy because i've been trying to figure this out and I'm looking to you guys for support. So, holy ground. Is this or is this not a religious reference? I mean, a religious reference would be, I don't know, something like a, like a graveyard or something where people were buried. Sacred so ground. Kind of Let's go with sacred that. Ground. Sacred. Yeah. Well, typically, the the you know use of holy is used in a religious context referring to somewhere that is or somewhere or something that is sacred in this case holy ground would be a somewhere a place that's sacred um but in this particular case it's a personal place that she and this individual shared 
We don't know what the place is. I don't think she ever reveals that. But it's not a place for worship, which would be the religious I context. I think it's so, more of an emotional place. Like what they had was pure and good. So she sees that as holy ground. Okay. Steve, do you have an interpretation on that? Uh, the only thing that's a little bit questionable is actually from the second line when we were talking about the coffee. Oh, okay. And, and Lord, it took me away? Yeah. Why is that questionable? Well, a lot of times Taylor hasn't used like too much religious tones in her song. I mean, we got technically two. We got Lord and we got Holy. Holy Grail. Same, yeah. So that's kind of, that's different. I'm not saying But you're that. saying traditionally she doesn't. However, there was in change that hallelujah thing that we debated right. for a while when we talked right. about that. That's the only song. one I can think of. And then in the best day, she says, God smiles on my little brother. Okay. There's a few other a places too. Uh, mm-hmm. What else was there? Hang on. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. This would be a good I'm, stump the host question. <laughs> it's on. She, <laughs> she, she talks about praying in Enchanted. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I can't. Know. I can't think of whatever I was thinking of, but really I know matter. it's there. Um, however, not to not to throw you guys for too much of a loop here, but holy does have another definition besides the religious context, and that is, of course, an explanation. Holy rusted barnacles, Batman. Oh, so just sort of a, an exclamation, like holy moly. Yeah. So. Is there I thought, any? I thought you were going to refer to like a piece of Swiss cheese or something like that. <laughs> no, wrong, holy. Oh, that would be holy, like with holes. Oh. But um, <laughs> so using it in the context of an exclamation, um, does it have any? Dare I say, ground to stand upon? No. No. As Why? holy as an ex- as an ex. What did you say? Ex- as an exclamation. Exclamation. Sorry. It that would break up the flow of the song and just break up the meaning right there where we said it was holy ground like no no no, like no she doesn't say it like that I know so then it so then it doesn't work like if you don't say it as an exclamation then it's not an exclamation Steve I I think the only part of this line is I think this is the part of the relationship where she knew that it it was you know full-blown relationship going on here because the earlier stuff it's like oh we were hanging out and i put a note on your door and that kind of stuff it wasn't to this point now where it's like oh my gosh right where we are this is this is the moment this i know that he and i are going to spend the rest of our lives together that kind of thing so do you almost think holy ground could be referring to something that doesn't exist and that would be the place where they would get married no i i think it has to do with wherever they were at that particular time she knew that this was the person for her but that makes me wonder what point in the like what point where they stood like they stood lots of places together i would assume right that's why i think it's it's more metaphorical where they stood emotionally right oh Uh, now we're getting out of the box here i said that earlier no you didn't i i did steve can we reminisce back the podcast a little bit and we'll see if that was in there? I'm not sure. I was reminiscing just the other day that Diane did not lie. Um, I don't lie. I must not tell lies, Professor. Sorry, Harry Potter reference. Uh, it happens. 
Um, something else too that I think is as uh, interesting about her choice of words in Holy Ground is it stands out from the rest of the song because there's nothing else in the song except for when she says Lord that is the same type of words like holy. Like it's it's not like they're not from the same like noun catalog. Does that make any sense? Like there's no other religious context in yeah, there. Yeah, it's just all about words. like New York and like green lights. For me, the first verse is more of like an of like some sort of like outside street view instead of like a holy religious. So like that phrase really stands out, which I think is interesting. Well, let me ask you guys this: if you can reminisce for a moment, when you first saw the track list for Red, and you saw this title. What did you think it would be? Like a ballad? A ballad? Yeah, it definitely was going to be a lot slower sounding. Mm-hmm. I thought so too, but what, what about like the actual meaning of the song? Like uh, not the sound, but the actual meaning. I, I don't do all that well with trying to interpret titles into what the song is going to be. <laughs> it's tough. Steve, I mean, Steve's trying to like bow out. Um, Before Red came out, I wrote a blog post on the Taylor Talk website where I talked about each track. And we have blogs of, on there? Yeah, like uh, years ago. I used to write <laughs> blogs on there and then I stopped. Um, but Why? Because no one read them? Just like the show notes? <laughs> no, nobody People cared. read the show notes. <laughs> well, they didn't read the blogs. Well, maybe they did. I don't know. But I talked about each different song on there and I don't remember what I said about Holy Ground, but I think it was something along the lines of... Can we find that? Yeah. Let, let's see. What, what would it be called? I don't know, though. Like, Red Predictions? Red Predictions. Let's see what we find. That's Tour Predictions. That's not right. Uh, uh, I don't know. Okay. I, yeah, I don't, we can't. I don't know either. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll... we'll We'll find out conversation later for another day and link you. I'm just rather curious because my first impulse, I didn't know what it was going to be about specifically, but I did think it was going to be some sort of religious undertone, which actually kind of threw me off a little bit because like you were saying, a, a lot of her songs have like quick references, but she doesn't have any deeply religious songs by any means. Mm-hmm. So, and likewise, this actually didn't turn out to be what I thought it was going to be, but the choice uh, of words holy ground as opposed to special place. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. It's just it. I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. Well, let's just leave it and see if um, any of our l- listeners have an idea. See where the story progresses, yeah. shall we? So now she is spinning like a girl in a brand new dress. We had this big wide city all to ourselves. We blocked the noise with the sound of I Need You, and for the first time, I had something to lose. Lots of stuff going on. Earlier, I I don't remember if I mentioned this earlier or not, but I do see a lot of references to other songs, whether they be future or past, in this song. And, Diane, you were mentioning the maturity and the growth. Mm Mm-hmm. And I see here this, specifically the line, we block the noise with the sound of I need you, as the first sort of taste of the feelings she felt like, um, I know places, or um, I can't think of what else. But just that whole, like, hiding from the paparazzi, like, it's 
the ability to block out the negative parts of her life because as glamorous as her life seems like celebrities do make a sacrifice for their celebrity status and what they sacrifice is privacy and um this was the the first time i could think of anyway that we finally saw her beginning to block that out yeah Um, I, i don't know i don't read into it that way i actually think of it as normally when you start dating someone you know you you kind of have those blinders on and you only see the good stuff Mm -hmm. and then you have your friends or so-called friends that are like oh my gosh I can't believe you're dating them because you know did you see them do this or they've done this or whatever and you kind of always keep that you know what I'm this is my relationship I'm doing it the way I want to and you kind of ignore all that kind of stuff that's what I think this line is ignoring the outside world well not the outside world even just you know things outside the relationship right well yeah so i guess my initial interpretation was a little more narrow you know specifying like ignoring paparazzi it's it's your i think you're right there's more to it than that but i i kind of feel like those are kind of in the same general area of thought yeah. It's the ability to focus on the relationship and ignore yes. outside factors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um, because she says we have this big wide, this big wide city all to ourselves. Obviously, they didn't. There were a lot of other people there, but because they were so involved with each other, it made it seem like that they were the only people in the entire city. Yes, times a thousand. Nobody else mattered. Darling, it was good. Yeah. To the JK. Um, so first time I had something to lose that particular line. I know, Diane, you noted earlier that it's widely believed to be about Joe Jonas, this song. Um, that line to me, setting aside who it was, definitely sort of reinforces, I think, the fact that this was an early relationship because it's the first time she felt involved enough that she had something to lose. Yeah, <laughs> she, like had she, a, said. she had a person to lose. Um, And I think this is interesting, too, because it kind of leads into the next part of the song when she talks about how they how they how they eventually split up, fell apart. Yeah, how they fell apart. Yeah. So moving into that, then the next few lines there. And I guess we fell apart in the usual way. And the story's got dust on every page. But sometimes I wonder how you think about it now. And I see your face in every crowd. Uh, something kind of cool like about that, though, is while she is reminiscing, she brings us, she pulls us back, pulls us back to present time, at least present time of this song, which is now the past for us. But you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that's something unique she does is she pulls us back into reality almost. Yeah. And points out that the relationship, this beautiful place where the noise is blocked out and we have the city to ourselves, this uh, incredible place is in fact gone and in the past and Mm -hmm. it's fallen apart and the story's got dust on every page and which is kind of a cool cool line it's a really cool visual stories got dust on every page um that also goes to another reference i think kind of to the story of us at least i see it as that well just because she used the word story again well not no, no, no 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 set aside the word story um and just just also i see your face in every crowd it's you know, standing alone in a crowded room. and, oh, and speak. Yeah, yeah. So Ooh. it's like I said, I just feel like this song, um, 
it, and it, it's interesting because I don't think it necessarily references other songs. And the only reason I pointed out is because, like I mentioned way, way earlier, interpreting individual songs and the story as a whole, because of a lot of her songs are intertwined simply because they are part of the same overall story that is Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting how a human being is just a story to us? I, well, we all have our own stories. <laughs> yeah, but hers just happens to be a very public story. Yeah. Um, we know everything about it. So, um, Steve, what have you got in this uh, verse here? I, I really, uh, I'm a big fan of that whole story. Got dust on every page there. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about that different ways. And I think kind of one of the things is just, you know, the story, if you're looking at it on the page there, very easy to read at first. But as it gets, like, if there's dust on it or something, the story gets a little more, you know, hard to read or hard to remember, if you will. So it's kind of just, you know, and that's the whole reminiscing is trying to remember about how how it was during that relationship. And you don't have all the pieces, but you have some of them there that you remember and you try to remember the good ones. Steve, you're brilliant. I, I really mean that because I think that just brought a whole new meaning to reminiscing for me. Um, Because reminiscing isn't exactly recalling as is. It's reminiscing. It's sort of, we were talking about the tone of that word earlier. Mm -hmm. And I think going off your interpretation there, Steve, about the dust sort of makes some of the memories a little bit foggier. I think that has a lot to do with the reminiscing. It's not a direct memory. And I, I don't know anything about psychology, but I have read once. And if this is completely false, somebody correct me, but... What I read is that each time we remember a specific event, we're not actually remembering the event. We're remembering the most recent memory of that event. Hmm. So, it's And like, that's how certain memories can actually tend to change over time. What do you mean you're remembering the most recent memory? Is it just like you're okay, remembering so the last say right time now, you thought about it? Say right now, I'm remembering episode 188 of Taylor Talk. Yeah. My first memory. I'm remembering the actual recording of it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... That memory forms a new memory, and the next time I, quote, remember it, I'm remembering that memory. So you're remembering yourself remembering it, kind of? So you only sort of. see, you only go over certain snapshots? Doesn't that break up that space-time continuum, though, if you're remembering what you remembered, if you're reminiscing of what you're reminiscing? I don't know. This is too much. I don't know, but either way, I, I'm just thinking if that is, in fact, valid. And like I said, I read it in an article. And like we said earlier in the episode, not everything on the Internet is true. Right. Um, but it very well could be. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, uh, But if it tr- is – well, sorry, sorry, hang on, hang on. If it is, it goes – perfectly hand in hand with Steve's theory about the dust sort of starting to cover certain aspects of it and make the memory foggier and foggier as time goes on. Yeah. Now I'm sorry, you can go. Oh, I was just going to add that I remember hearing in one of my psychology classes in college that the way you remember things can actually be wrong. It Um, can. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Like your mind can change things to be the way you want it or you thought someone said something but they actually didn't oh yeah it's it's just weird how like something that you think can be true can actually be very wrong very strange i've quite often witnessed that Mm. yeah so um then the song repeats because darling it was good that whole spiel again and then the final verse Tonight I'm going to dance for all that we've been through, but I don't want to dance if I'm not dancing with you. Tonight I'm going to dance like you were in this room, but I don't want to dance if I'm not dancing with you. 
You know, I actually, it took me years to come up with an explanation for this verse. Because when I first heard it, I was like, Taylor, that doesn't make sense. I don't (laughs) want it like, I'm going to dance tonight, but I don't want to dance if I'm not dancing with you. So like, so do you want to dance? Do you not want to dance? What's going on? Do you still feel like you need him? Um, But going back to what she said in the second verse when she says, but sometimes I wonder how you think about it now. Like I said earlier, I see this song as what Taylor thinks of the what Taylor thinks of the oh my gosh relationship with this person hold on hold on hurry up but she doesn't know how he thinks of it so in the last verse she says that she the hold on she said tonight I I, tonight I'm gonna dance for all that we've been through because she appreciates it and wants to celebrate know yeah wants to celebrate it but she doesn't know if he's gonna dance for the same reason so she's hoping that they're gonna be back on the same page where they can where they can appreciate what they had right yes no yeah like that's that's it like you have that she's celebrating the way oh man it's so hard i hate when i get these awesome thoughts and have trouble articulating what i want to say yeah that's i, I was having um, trouble too but, but it's the thing I, i'm gonna dance for all that we've been through it's her celebration but i don't want to dance if i'm not dancing with you she's not talking about literally dancing she's talking about celebrating the relationship yeah. in the past she doesn't want to celebrate it unless he is also celebrating it yeah and unless he also appreciates it Steve, do you have any thoughts? I know. I, we just I have went. another. I have another song. Steve, we, I think we all have the same other song. I think we all copied each other's notes <laughs> oh, on really? this one. But I'm we'll sure. give you. We'll, ahead, we'll let Steve. you have it on this one. All right, I'm gonna go with Leanne Womack. I hope you dance. Oh no! Oh, I it's love a that song. From what I had was it different? That's I better than if it's different. It's different. So explain your um, reference then, because I'm uh, actually, again, not familiar with that song. You're not familiar song. with that it, song? It makes me that, cry. It's which so one famous. is it? It's called Leanne Womack, I, I Hope You Dance. It's, it's Can a you please sing it tune. for me? No. <laughs> no. Diane, go ahead. <laughs> no. Steve? I can't sing like a girl. I'm trying to. I couldn't. Steve, no. just make your voice a little higher. No, no, no. no. We could probably adjust the audio. Yeah, I'll just play it for you later. No, well, I mean, okay, I'm not the only person in this discussion right now that doesn't know this. We have plenty of people in here that also don't know no, what they you all, guys are talking about. They all know this Everybody song. No, knows they this don't song. all know. They have to know this song. No, they don't all know. Can you at least give me, like, the, the chorus, like, a few lines you can speak it or something? Oh, well, okay. uh, something like, um, if you had the choice to... Here, I'll, I'll, I got, I'll do a little Sit it out bit. or dance. I hope you dance. I think it's just on, about... I think Steve was about to sing. Okay, go ahead. That was about what I was going to say. I'm, I mean, there's, a, you know, one, when one door closes, I hope one more opens. Yeah. You know, promise me that you'll give faith a fighting chance. You know, it's, it's you got to, you got to dance. And actually, there's another song that's coming in my head, but I'll let you guys do yours first. Okay, well, this is what I thought of, and it goes again with thus far... I found at least what I interpret to be references to I Know Places, The Story of Us, um, you know, all those different songs. Now, dare I quote the lyric, I'm not much for dancing, but for you I did. Oh. oh. I love Last Kiss. That's my all-time favorite Taylor Swift song. Last Kiss, who, which earlier in the episode we suggested was part of the progression of this story. Yeah. Um, I think someone posted on 
Instagram and Taylor commented on a movie was on Tumblr, but she saw this and this has been around where people pair that last kiss lyric with the lyric from from Holy Ground and then from 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 Shake It Off when she says, uh, what does she say? I'm dancing on my own. Um, like just that line. So Make it's the like, moves up. Yeah. Go. So it's like at first in 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 last kiss she wants to dance for somebody else while in this song she wants to dance with someone and then at the end she's like i'm just gonna dance on my own it's sort of like this emotional progression or like maturity i mean i see how the lines work together i don't think they have anything to do with each other but it's just kind of cool i think this does though um I think The Last Kiss and Holy Ground lyrics go together. I'm not much for dancing, but for you I did. And then tonight I'm going to dance for all that we've been through, but I don't want to dance if I'm not dancing with you. Mm-hmm. So that actually almost flows together as if it were the same song. I, I, I got one more for you now, song-wise. Go for it. Garth Brooks, The Dance. The Dance. Sing it, Steve. I don't, I don't well, I, I got, I'll take a verse out of it because I think it's a really good verse. Um, pretty much it talks about a relationship and such and it says and now I'm glad I didn't know the way it all would end the way it all would go our lives are better left to chance I could have missed the pain but I'd had to miss the dance Aww, that's beautiful (laughs) I mean and and I think the, the point of it is that she is happy that this relationship happened. That's the important part. And I think that's where they all kind of tie together. The whole reminiscing of the relationships and everything is, you know, I'm glad this happened. It's just unfortunate it didn't work out, but mm-hmm. I, thanks for the memories. Thanks, thanks for, for the memories. memories. <laughs> Even <though they> were, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we both thought of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but if we uh, look at the look at the rest of it, I think it adds more to this particular verse where it says, "Tonight I'm gonna dance like you are in this room," and then repeats, "But I don't want to dance if I'm not dancing with you." So we know the male character is not in this room. We know that she's on her own, reminiscing on the relationship. Personally, I think the entire dancing concept is one giant metaphor that ties back to Last Kiss, where. I'm not much for dancing, but for you, I did. Because that in Last Kiss was more literal. Like, she danced with this person, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now we're looking at it as dancing. That is a key moment. Last Kiss shows us a key moment in this relationship that is now shows up in Holy Ground, which is the idea of dancing. It's sort of, it's going back to the relationship. It's, ah, man, how do I... She's it's it's her way of celebrating. That's something she did with him. And so she's using that as a means to celebrate what they had together. Yeah, there we go. Did, did that make sense? Yeah, that made sense. Sure. You guys are like, whatever. No, there's I a agree, point in Adam. every song analysis that I say something and you guys don't respond. <laughs> and I'm always we like, we responded. I made like, sure to say words after you were done. But talking. you're just like, yeah. Like, I don't know if you hate that interpretation, if you like it, if you Adam, agree, if you it's disagree. Great. Like, I agree. I just don't have anything to say after it because you already said it all. Poker face. So all I have to say is I agree. All right, whatever. Jeez, I was more supportive when you came up with something. <laughs> so that's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. I guess at least hopefully someone out there appreciates what I came up yeah, with. Yeah, the only line I don't understand in this song 
is at the end of the second verse when she says, and I see your face in every crowd. Way to rewind on us. I know. I'm sorry. But I feel like we came up with a pretty good conclusion as to what the song is about. But I don't see how that line fits into it. What what, what don't you see on that line? Well, because, I mean, in my head, if... Okay, so we decided that Holy Ground was about her appreciating the time she spent with this person. Right. But, and I see your face in every crowd makes me feel like it's more she misses him, wants to be back with him, therefore she sees him everywhere. There was extra music there, so she had to fill it with lyrics. No, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that particularly means that. I think it just is talking about the, the reminiscing, where she thinks about him from time to time. You know, you look out in the crowd and, oh my gosh, that guy looks a little bit like Joe Jonas. Oh yeah, remember <laughs> I dated him and... <laughs> I remember that was a that was a good time. That was a good relationship. I don't remember know. That's that's Taylor, my guess. I <laughs> remember when Taylor ended up being better friends with Joe's brother than Joe. We don't know. If that's true. Well, we can't say that. It was you know, she did bring out Nick Jonas on tour, so it's kind of cool. Well, but, she would have done that to Joe if he had a song that was relevant. <laughs> Maybe Joe is jealous. Of Ooh, Nick. Oh, I see what you did there. Ah, uh, uh, Steve sees what I did. Joe still gets jealous. I love that song. I'm sure you do. So back to that line. I see your face in every crowd. Um, hmm. I, I'm just wondering if it ties to the line before it, but sometimes I wonder how you think about it now. And I see your face in every crowd. Maybe it's just she's wondering what he thinks because they haven't talked. But we know he. She's wondering that and. I mean, that shows, like, the verse we were just talking about. It shows up again, I should say, in the verse we were just talking about. Um, I don't want to dance if I'm not dancing with you, meaning she doesn't know what he thinks. She wants to celebrate but doesn't know if he wants to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, hmm. I have one more piece to that is I, it's almost kind of how it seems like they met because uh, way at the beginning there when we were talking about the – first glance feeling on new york time like it was a very hectic thing and it was like oh my gosh and she saw him and he saw her kind of thing so that's why you know she's walking down the street crowd of people and everything else like that and she's almost like looking to see if he's there or thinking about that moment oh first that's a cool tie-in hmm. huh? pretty good that's cool hmm. i i think diane maybe it doesn't necessarily well, it has to have significance in the song, but the way I'm seeing it is maybe it's it's slightly more like how he's haunting I say it? her. No, it's <laughs> n- no, no. Well, haunt. Yeah, actually, that's kind of where I was going. Is the whole like she, you know, flashbacks and echoes. You like that tie-in? I keep tying it to their songs, but it she does have sometimes. Sometimes there's a little bit of a recurring theme about ghosts not in the sense of like boo halloween um but just memories yeah memories appearing as sort of ghosts or echoes or you know and this is just another way of saying that Mm -hmm. okay i'll take it you'll take it i'll take it she takes it um he shoots he scores yeah but if you have um another idea person who is listening to the show right now let us know let us know because we know now, Diane, that everybody reads the show notes at taylortalk.org slash episode 188 
wink, wink. You guys can't see, but I'm winking at you right now. That is taylortalk.org slash episode 188. And down at the bottom of that page, they'll find some comments where they can give us feedback and let us know what they think of the song. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Yes. And let Diane know what uh, they think. We should come up with one question for people to go on there and answer. I see your face in every crowd. What's your interpretation? Go throw that in the comment section at taylortalk.org slash episode 188. Yes. Yes. So, Diane. What? So, Steve. Steve, that's where you say what? Adam? (laughs) Steve, if you had to rank this song on a scale from 1 to 13, where 1 is absolutely disgusting, Mm -hmm. and 13 is like angels coming down and singing to you, how would you rank this song? I'm going to go... Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. So now we're doing half numbers, or what? Well, it technically, it would round up to twelve if we were doing whole numbers. <laughs> Better than an eleven, but not quite a twelve. Right. Okay. Explain yourself, Steve. Just because I didn't give it a thirteen means I gotta explain myself. Yeah, Actually, you have to explain every point well, you subtract. Y- yes, fair point. You, you do have to at least explain where it loses points. I think that there's just a lot of really good songs out there that makes it tough to say that this one is the best of the best, but, I mean, it's it's pretty darn lyrically strong. Uh, I do like the, the fast-pacedness of the song. I mean, that kind of fits in with the whole New York time, and it makes the whole song fast-paced. I, I do like it. So you th- are you saying Taylor Swift is wrong about her own song? It shouldn't be a ballad? Huh, Steve? Yeah. What? Wait. Huh? Okay, we didn't explain that part. (laughs) Yeah, explain that part. Did we not talk about that? No, we didn't talk about that. Oh. Yeah. Well, we did last episode, so I'm. I'm. It's fair game. Okay. Wait, Steve wasn't here last episode. So, in a nutshell, Steve, when she performed it on tour, she explained Dublin, Ireland. Dublin, Ireland. She explained that she's always seen this song as more of a ballad and slow song. Which is odd to me because she put it on her album as an up-tempo song. So if she mm-hmm. saw it as more of a ballad, why did she choose to make it up-tempo? But whatever. Because she hears from Adam that he doesn't like her slow songs. So <laughs> probably. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. That must be it. Thank you, Steve. Yes. I, I, <laughs> I think it's good as more of a quick, fast-paced sort of song. But I could see where more of a ballad does make sense especially when you're reminiscing you know that's not always when you reminisce it's kind of a more slow paced kind of thinking about the memories and everything else like that kind of going from point to point not so much just like see and i don't know if i necessarily agree with that and the only reason being is i always see slower songs as being a bit sadder like all too well which i think diane still cries anytime she hears i do actually told you um Oh, I, I just the think refrigerator line. like slow songs are more for sad memories, fast songs for happy memories, and this is a happy memory song. That's just me. Yeah. Diane? Um, I agree with you that turning it into a slow song almost could like change the mood because it's slower and you think, oh, it's sad or whatever. Um, but I think I'd give it a 13 out of 13. Yay, 13s! Yay! Guess what? I, guess what I give it? Thirteen. Thirteen. Well, yeah, Every Taylor so song. Boring. 
every Taylor song You didn't song used to do 13. that. Right. I'm gonna I remember go back when you used to have out. opinions on songs. Yeah, I know. I do have opinions back on songs. Back when Adam songs. used to use his brain? I assume he still uses it sometimes. <laughs> Occasionally. Sometimes. It's pretty rare, though. It's a fairly rare occurrence. Yeah. It is. So. But, but this song is very lyrically strong. The mm-hmm. sound is wonderful. The fact that it seems to be foreshadowing a lot of future Taylor songs and such that's pretty cool right and references past songs which like i said i think i I would attribute that to to the fact that it's all part of the same story anyway Mm -hmm. which is the story of taylor oh and we didn't mention this but she wrote this song herself this is just taylor swift thank you for that fun fact no problem (laughs) because that didn't used to be as rare as it is now yeah, that used to be pretty common, actually. Used to be pretty common. Like, Speak Now, it was just, every song. Just every single song, yeah. Um, um, but on 1989, it's just song. This Love. Yeah. Okay, well, so... One more thing. Oh! Uh, always. Oh! Come on, Steve. <clears throat> okay. So, this particular song. I just want to make sure I have my facts straight before I say something stupid. Okay. okay. The great. producer of this song... And I, we've mentioned this before, way back in the past, and now that I actually thought about this, I was like, ooh, that did. The producer was not one of her normal people. Like Correct. It, it wasn't Nathan Chapman. It wasn't Max Martin and Shellback. It was Jeff Basker. Right. I've heard that name before. Yes. And he worked with Fun on a lot of their songs from their album, which, of course, oh. Jack Antonoff was in Fun. And this is all kind of pre- Taylor and Jack Antonoff sort of thing and I'm wondering if maybe this song may have even led somehow at some point in time to their friendship a little bit I, I mean now because I think there's a lot of stuff that actually comes from her becoming friends with Lena Dunham first yes or no or she would become friends with Jack first I, I don't know her timeline of friendships I it's I don't either keep up I, I, I can't I can't keep up with Taylor's personal life that's why we just she talk has about her so music. many friends <laughs> I actually wonder how she keeps up right but there is be hard being so there popular. is connections between this song the producer and people that she's well wrote songs with later so something I have found out Steve the the longer we've done this podcast and the more people I've met um now, mind you, obviously, I do not know Taylor or any of those super big people, but, you know, through our segment, What Are Swifties Listening To? and things of le- that, I've gotten the chance to meet some smaller artists and things, and I find that the music industry is very, very small. Everybody it's, knows everybody. They do. Everybody knows everybody. They do. So, um, I just think that, you know, it, to try and analyze where the connection between Taylor and Jack Antonoff came in... Whether or not it had to do with her work with the or their work with the same producer, it's too hard. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Interesting thought, but something we'll probably never ever know, unless they tell us. <sighs> which would be which awesome. is probably not likely. <sighs> I don't think so. <laughs> so hope everybody enjoyed our discussion of Holy Ground. Like I said, throw in your facts, opinions, answer the question. What was the line? What was the line? What was the line? What do you think, and I see your face in every crowd means in the grand scheme of this song, in the show notes, or on the comment section of the show notes at taylortalk.org slash episode 188. Hey guys, it's Sammy from T-Swift on Tour. Let's flash back to the last few amazing shows of the 1989 World Tour and check out all the amazing events that unfolded. 
On Friday, July 10th, Taylor was at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. The special guest was The Weeknd, and they sang I Can't Feel My Face, and the guests during style were the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team and supermodel Heidi Klum. Taylor also brought the Bad Blood music video to life and brought out Haley Steinfeld, Lena Dunham, Lily Aldridge, and Gigi Hadid. The second night of MetLife, Taylor brought out her old friend Nick Jonas, and they sang Jealous. Taylor sang You Belong With Me on the B stage, and during style, Taylor brought out the entire squad. She brought out Gigi Hadid, Martha Hunt, Crazy Eyes from Orange is the New Black, Carly Kloss, Lily Aldridge, Candace Swanpole, and B. Prinslow. On Monday, July 13th, Taylor was in Washington, D.C. This special guest was Lord, and they sang Royals. Taylor had some technical difficulties with the catwalk and told the audience, if they can't get me down, then I'll just have to live in Washington. And the second night of Washington, D.C., the special guest was Jason Derulo, and they sang Want to Want Me, and Taylor sang You Belong With Me on the B-Stage once again. On Saturday, July 18th, Taylor was in Chicago, Illinois, and the special guest was Andy Grammer, and they sang Honey, I'm Good. Taylor sang 15 on the B-Stage, and the star of the hit Fox show Empire, Saria, walked during style and sang with Taylor as well. The second night of Chicago, the special guest was country's newest sensation, Sam Hunt, and they sang Take Your Time. Taylor sang Mean on the B stage, and models Andrea Pejlik and Lily Donaldson walked during style. For all of your up-to-the-minute tour updates, make sure you follow T-Swift on tour on Twitter, and I hope you guys have a great day. Bye! Moving on! To... The calendar! Yay! What does Taylor have coming up on her schedule, Miss Diane? Well, in the next couple weeks, she's got a couple of 1989 World Tour stops. On July 24th, she is going to Foxborough, Massachusetts uh, to Gillette Stadium. And she's also, she's playing two shows there, so July 24th and the 25th. And then on August 1st, she is going to Vancouver, British Columbia. Canada! Yay, Canada! Yay, Canadians! All right. So, again, that wraps up the episode. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you for tuning in. Um, we love getting to chat with you guys about this. Uh, so, I hope you had fun. Did you guys have fun? I had fun. I had some fun. Fun. I might Steve's be back like, next I, time. We'll see. Steve was like, I don't <laughs> Steve's know. like, we'll see if I come back. Yeah, Steve, Steve's like, that was kind of nice taking a couple episodes off. I don't know if I'm coming back. I was at a concert. He was busy having fun elsewhere. Yeah. Well, some of us have responsibilities and record this podcast. Steve's here. I know. I'm giving him a hard time. I know you are. It wouldn't be fun if we couldn't tease each other. We need to tease you more. Yes. We don't do that enough. Steve, okay. Please put comments down below about uh, how we can tease Adam. <laughs> Question of the week. How could we tease Adam? How do we tease Adam? Please send us your ideas. <laughs> One last thought, guys. If you do have it in the kindness of your heart, please visit taylortalk.org slash iTunes. That will take you straight to our iTunes page where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Rate is giving us a scale of one to five stars. Review. Write us a nice little review there. Let us know how we're doing, what you think of the show. It'd be lovely. Great way to give feedback to not only us, but other potential people out there that may or may not want to listen to us and of course if you're really really enjoying the show hit that subscribe button that way every time we put out a new episode it's going to go straight to you again that link is taylortalk.org slash itunes thank you so much for tuning in for episode 188 
of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. This has been Adam. Diane. And Steve. Saying have a great couple weeks, guys. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Back to the future. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.